have your way. And uh, Lord, we thank you for everything that you're doing in our life. Some things we may not understand. Some things may be well with our soul. But uh, I just pray that you speak to us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So it reads here in Acts uh, chapter 27. It says, but after, uh, verse 21, but after long abstinence, Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from creep and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you, but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And lo, God has given thee all them that sail with thee. Wherefore, sirs, be of good cheer, for I believe God that it shall be even as it was told me, Howbeit, we must be cast upon a certain island. All right? When we, we're going to sit there for a second, but just going back over to uh, Psalms 46, verses 10 and 11. And we've been talking about be still and know that I am God. Be still and know. And that's hard for us sometimes to be still and know that he is God because a lot of times when our future, we want to take our future into our own hands. All the time our mind is working and thinking how to establish ourselves in the future when we need to just trust the Lord. You know, it says here in verse 10, be still and know that I am God or I, God, I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Pause and calmly think about that. The world is going to be tripping lately. The world is going to be going crazy pretty soon, but we have to stand still. Not that we just sit idly by and do nothing, but we need to be praying. We need to be in our word. We still go to work. We still do all the things that everybody else does on this planet. But yet in our hearts, we are not. Um, it says in the last days, the men's hearts shall fail them because of fear. But our hearts pump no fear. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of what power and of love and a sound mind. Remember, Legion had a sound mind when he was done with Jesus. He was in his right mind going home. All right. So we begin to look at the Apostle Paul at the beginning of the Apostle Paul's ministry. Uh, the Lord tells the Apostle Paul and maybe some of you uh, in this room, the Holy Spirit has put something on your heart about what's going to what's, he, what's he's going to do with your life. I don't know. Um, and what he's going to do. And when we look at Acts chapter 26 and we begin to look at uh, verse 16, when Paul is telling his testimony to Agrippa and the ones there, um, it says here, but arise and stand upon thy feet, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which you have seen and of those things in which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and the Gentiles unto whom now I send thee to open their eyes, to turn from darkness to light and the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them, which are sanctified, sanctified by faith that is in me. So this is what's going on in Paul's life at the beginning 
of your life and my life were at the beginning when we received the Lord. I always love, uh, what is that, Philippians 1 and 6. It says, this perfect work which the Father has started in each and every one of our lives. He's the one that's going to complete it. All right? Not me or not you. It's almost like we're watching our own movie. Sometimes when you look back over your life that you get a little bit older and sometimes you made it through by the skin of your teeth through different things or this and that should have happened, but it didn't happen. And here you are today in a whole nother different place. But it starts to talk in verse 18 to open their eyes, to turn from darkness to light. It also talks about in verse 17 to Paul when the Lord is going to take him to these different places. He says, I'm going to deliver you from the people. The Gentiles into whom now I send you. So Paul is on a mission ever since he was on that Damascus road. Matter of fact, I believe ever since he sat at the feet of Gamaliel and began to learn the scriptures, he really began to study them. And that's what we see when uh, Jesus comes in his life on a Damascus road and says, isn't it hard for you to kick against the pricks? And you and I, since we've been saved, we've been dealing with things like we talked about in Sunday school, where the Holy Spirit is convicting us and dealing with us in our mess and says, isn't it hard for you to kick against the pricks? Ain't it hard for you to sleep at night? Ain't it hard for you to do that? It's hard. And we know what that is. We don't have to sit out here and explain to nobody what is hard because each and every one of us are different and we're unique and wonderfully and beautifully made by our Lord and Savior. And we deal with things in a unique way. I may deal with something that you don't even, you're like, man, that's stupid for you to deal with that. But I deal with that. And you deal with something I look at and say, man, you just can't leave that alone? And you're like, I can't leave it alone. But our God is the one, amen, that will deliver us out of all these different things. So Paul finds himself now in 27. He has to go to Rome. He's got to go to Rome. His destination is Rome. The ending of his life or his ministry, all the roads in Paul's life lead to Rome. That's where it's going. So Paul is like you and I. Sometimes the Lord will, will put something on our heart that he's going to do something with our life. He's going to do something with the life. He said, I'm going to do this and do that with your life. And he says, I'm going to take you to Rome. And I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I don't care how bad it looks. I don't care how good it looks. Don't get used to it because you're still in America because the Lord says, I'm going to end your life in Rome. <clears throat> When the Spirit of the Lord comes upon you, he begins to prophesy to you or he begins to proclaim what he's going to do in your life. And the Lord said, don't get excited about this. You still got to go to Rome. And the Lord is using the Apostle Paul to be a witness for him. You hear that? And you and I, when we're young, we go where we want to go. But when we get older, somebody else takes us by the hand and takes us where we don't want to go. And I'm telling you right now, some places that the Lord is going to take you, you don't want to go. And I know that Paul didn't feel like getting beat uh, in these different cities that he's going to. Amen? Amen. So we look at 27 and 10. Paul begins to talk to the centurion who's in charge of him and says, hey, man, it says right here. And Paul says, sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hurt and much damage not only of the lading and ship, but also of our lives. Paul is trying to talk to these brothers and sisters because imagine Paul is in prayer. Paul is crying out to the Lord and it perceives in his heart. He says, yo, man, something's going to happen to the ship and something may happen to us. But if you look here, it says here, 
Nevertheless, in verse 11, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. Now, Paul can't keep his mouth shut. <laughs> and some of you will find in your life, you don't feel like sharing what the Lord is talking to you about, what the Lord is sharing to you, because you know somebody's going to thank you on that dope. But the Lord is speaking through you. The Lord is telling you some things. And you start talking to people about the things that the Lord is showing you. But this centurion right here is like, man, Paul just wants to get out of going to Rome. And Paul is like, no, but I know you don't know me and I don't know you. But, yo, something's going to happen in a little bit if we take this voyage. And the centurion is like, man, we're moving forward. In verse 21, the Holy Spirit is using Paul again, and he's going to use you and I. But after a long abstinence. Paul stood forth in the midst of them and said, Sirs, you should have hearkened unto me and not have loosed from Crete and to have gained this harm and loss. And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of life among you, but of the ship. When the spirit of the Lord came upon the children of uh, uh, or the disciples of Christ in Acts chapter two, Peter says they're not drunk with wine. He says, but they're quoting what was going on in Joel chapter two, verse 28, where he says they are prophesying. And when the spirit of the Lord comes upon you in your life, and I believe that he will, he'll start prophesying to you, start telling you about things that's going to go on down the road, whether you believe it or not. But when the spirit of the Lord begins to move in our lives, it teaches us to be still and know that he is God. We gave our life away, y'all, when we took that Passover. You know that? We gave our life away the day that we accepted him as our heavenly father or Lord and Savior. Or we gave our life up. And it's hard because sometimes on a daily basis, we take our life back. But we gave our life up. Paul gave his life up. And the Lord said, this is what I'm going to do with your life. And I believe through prayer, studying, fasting, and spending time with him, listen, he says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. So you can imagine being on a boat like the Titanic with everybody ready to jump, jumping the lifeboats, but you ain't jumping. You ain't moving. You learn to what? Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Right now, banks are in jeopardy right now. People are calling me on the phone. You need to get your money out the bank. <laughs> I don't know if you got money in the bank or not. Some of y'all got your income tax. Some of y'all sitting on a couple of stacks. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? You better get your money out that bank. People start hearing a little bit of this and hearing a little bit of that. But you and I, we don't base our life on how many stacks or how much money we have in the bank. It's impossible for a believer to be able to stand still, okay, and know that he is God based on how much money we have, based on whether or not, you know, we got a place to stay. Remember, Jesus told the 70, he said, don't, if you're going to be following after me, man, I, I don't, or he told his disciples, I ain't got no place to, to lay my head. Don't think that we got a Holiday Inn Express, you know, around the corner when we go to these towns, don't think none of that. The son of man has no place to lay his head. But how do you and I get to a place where the apostle Paul is at 
where we can be still and know that he is God. Not that we don't go to work. It's not that people don't walk into the place where I work at all the time and try to say, are you hiring? At any given moment, the way things have hit, COVID has hit, we might get up tomorrow morning, we might not have a job. Because a lot of businesses collapsed. And, and listen, I'm, good thing that we all don't live in tall high rises because folks was jumping out. <laughs> you can jump out that little window if you want to. You're going to land on grass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You jump, if I jump out my window right now, I'm landing on grass. So good thing the Lord got me where he need me. <laughs> you get a couple of stories up, jump out there. I'm going to tell you right now, you ending your life. Somebody just said he creeping if I jump out my window. <laughs> y'all know the creep. Y'all know, those of y'all live in Texas know how to creep. You know what I'm saying? You ain't got no high rise. Especially in Mount Pleasant. Ain't no creeping in Mount Pleasant. You got to go to the, you got to go down to the square and get on a tall building and jump. <laughs> Other than that, you just out, walk out the window. You can step out, put your foot on ground. All right? But what I'm trying to say this morning is that when the spirit of the Lord is in your life, the spirit of the Lord will begin to talk to you about the future. Because you and I don't know the future. And we can't be like our neighbors running around here tripping. We have to know what the future is. When the disciples, they would ask the Lord and Savior, what about the future? He says, well, I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> this is going to happen and that's going to happen. But don't, don't start tripping because that ain't the end. And the Holy Spirit's job in your life and in my life is begin to talk to you and I about the future. And he told Paul, when we went back and read the Damascus Road experience, he says, yo, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to send you to the Gentiles. I'm going to send you to these places. And I'm also going to deliver you out of their hands. And here goes Paul now. Listen, he delivered uh, him out of the hands of them that were just trying to beat him and take his life. And now he's on a ship heading to Rome. And sometimes Satan is trying to take your life and my life because he doesn't want us to get to Rome. He doesn't want us to get to our destination. He doesn't want people to hear our testimony. You can say it all the time, y'all. Those three things we overcome by the blood of the lamb. We're about to celebrate Passover. Our testimony, your testimony is powerful. Or do you have a testimony? And they love not their lives. It means you're not concerned about your life anymore. We have to get to that place. That third place is so important for you and I. Remember, he says, if you lose your life, what? You'll gain your life. And those that want to gain their life need to lose their life. Give your life up. Doesn't mean that you're not going to work. It doesn't mean that you're not going to go to school. It doesn't mean that you're not going to move forward in your life. But that's, you're just doing your thing. All right? I don't think that the guard that delivered, uh, matter of fact, the one that Paul was preaching to, I don't think he stopped being a, a soldier. It ain't like he could stop being a soldier, but I guarantee you the Lord had a witness right there in the jail cells. He could give them his testimony. His testimony is different from Paul's. He could say, man, I was in a jail and I was watching over this dude named Paul and there was a great earthquake. And yo, I just knew my career was over. My career was over, y'all. I was about to die, and I, I jumped in with a light, and everybody was there, and everybody was all good, and Paul started to preach the gospel to me. You know what? Not only did I get saved, my house got saved. My life turned around at that moment. That's his testimony, no different than Legion. And we're getting to see Paul's testimony lived out right here. Paul talks about in 27 and 22, he says, now I exhort you to be of good cheer. He's talking to people that don't serve God. But when you and I begin to tell, talk to people and witness on our job, 
I talk to people all the time on my job about what the Lord is doing and what the Lord has done in my life. I talk to them freely. If the Holy Spirit tells me to say it, I say it. I don't care what they think. I, I don't care no more. I'm going to tell you what it is. You can take it or leave it. Take it or leave. But everything the Lord has told me is coming to pass. Every time I tell people, hey, I was telling people when I was 17, you know, the Lord's going to have me go here and go there. And now I'm in Texas and I still got to make my way till I see that Pacific Ocean. It's going to happen. And he says, now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any life among you. The only thing we're going to lose is ship. Now, it has to come to a place where people have to start listening to you sooner or later. Because the centurion wasn't paying Paul no mind. He was just a prisoner trying to get out of it. But after a while, he starts to listen to Paul because the things that Paul is saying is starting to come to pass. This is just a couple of weeks going by. The things that he's talking about is starting to come to pass. Paul talks to this centurion and he talks to the people on his boat because he has their undivided attention right now. Because when your life is on the line, when the plane, when the engine sets on fire on the plane and you were telling them, don't take off because I, I think that engine over there is no good. And everybody starts laughing and thinks you want dope. But after about 30,000 feet and about halfway through the air, people start listening to you. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Potter, I know I've never flown before, but I think we better get down to 10,000 feet. I think you better make a left and go left for about eight miles and swing back right. <laughs> and that way we can avoid whatever's coming. Now the ship is going to, the plane ain't going to make it, but the rest of us are going to make it. This is what he's saying to these people. He's praying. The people aren't praying. They're just tripping. Some probably on dope. You know, you always got a crew that got to go hit that weed in the back. <laughs> Some people got a couple of 40s on the other side of the boat. Everybody start running to their own guy. Okay? Everybody got their own God they serve. All right? Something happened in here. Everybody started running. Through. You see how many are saved and how many are really doing some other stuff. <laughs> but he says, there stood by me this night, the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve. Or he be I belong to the Lord. And the Lord put an angel in my life. And the angel is telling me everything that's about to go down. Saying, fear not. Stand still, Paul. And know that I am God. He says, fear not, Paul, you must be brought before Caesar. And yes, God has given uh, you all of them that sail with thee. How can Paul be in charge of the boat when he's a prisoner? No, we sing that little song all the time. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when it looks like I'm surrounded, I'm surrounded by you. When it looks like I'm the prisoner, like Joseph, I'm not the prisoner. I'm actually the one in charge. No matter where the Lord puts us at, I'm the head and what not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. I'm a lender, not a borrower. The Lord has Paul as a prisoner on the ship, but Paul isn't the prisoner because Paul has to make it to Rome. Everybody else's life needs to be saved. That's what's crazy about being a believer. That's what's crazy about being at the job that you're on. That's what's crazy about being in the family that you're in. Wherever the Lord puts you at. It's his job to cause you and I to prosper. I don't know if you read these scriptures or not. I read them all the time. He causes the place where you're at to prosper. So people, when, he, when your life is a witness to the people that are around you, it's a witness to your children. Sometimes your children's life is a witness to you because they've accepted the Lord. And, or maybe your parents' life is a witness to you. And you're watching this stuff play out in real time. These men have, they can't walk away from Paul. They're all on the same ship. Their life is at stake and Paul is talking to them about what's going to happen. Fear not, Paul. You're still going to Rome. You're still going to appear before Caesar. Wherefore, sirs, be of a good cheer, for I believe, God, that it shall be even as it was told me. Howbeit, 
We must be cast upon a certain island. They were like, are you serious right now? Paul is telling them, I don't know what island it is. We're going to end up on an island. Paul is praying and calling upon the name of the Lord. Verse 30. I'm talking about being still and know that I am God. We're just talking about Paul's testimony. But what about all the testimonies that are in this room? There's a bunch of people in this room right here. Men, woman, boy, and girl. Some don't think the Lord may be real. Some believe the Lord is real. But when the spirit of the Lord comes upon your life, all of a sudden you start realizing the stuff that Paul is talking about is coming to pass in your life. It's going to happen. Verse 30. And as the shipmen were about to flee out the ship, listen, they were about to abandon ship. It was over. They were done. These are brothers that have sailed for years. They said, man, we got to get out this boat. When they had let down the boat into the sea, under color as though they would have cast anchors out of the foreship, Paul said to the centurion again, talking to the dude that has him locked up, and to the soldiers, he says, except these abide in the ship, you can't be saved. He was just talking to them about not only was his life going to be spared, but all the lives that were with him. He said, yo, man, don't leave the boat. Yo, centurion, the soldiers, tell them cats to stay in the boat. And even though you ain't the manager on the job, even though you ain't running the show, you start to tell people what the Lord told you in your prayer closet. Yo, man, don't quit this job. Don't quit this job. You ever see somebody quit a job? The next thing you know, for like the whole year, they're on unemployment. And you stayed out of everybody quitting. You're the only person that stayed out of the whole crew. And Lord took care of you. Because the Holy Spirit told you, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't leave your marriage. But you can't help but listen to your so-called friends. And you do the opposite of what the Holy Spirit is telling you. The next thing you know, you out there. Paul says, you know what? Don't let them leave. Then the soldiers cut off the ropes of the boat. The soldiers were listening to Paul now. Now, we ain't putting no anchors down. They cut the rope and let her fall off. And while the day was coming on, Paul besought all to take meat. Paul is now the captain of the ship. <laughs> How did this happen? On your job and your family and your community? They laughed at your testimony. Talked about you, said you was on that stuff. But now that everything is happening the way that you're saying it, now all of a sudden you're running the ship. You Captain Ahab now. You know that? You the general now. Now you're over the army? This is what's happening on this boat. Paul is like, yo. He says, you better eat. You better eat now. Holy Spirit is telling him, we better eat right now. Saying this day is the 14th day that you have tarried and continued fasting, having taken nothing. Nobody was eating. It ain't like today. You know, we get stressed out. We go down to Dollar General and get two buckets of ice cream, some chocolate chip cookies, and some Dr. Pepper. Because we about to stay up watching Netflix and eat all night and cry and worrying about tomorrow. Oh, no, back in the day, they wouldn't eat. It was something about fasting. It was something about abstaining from eating. You saw that when Jonah went and cried against Nineveh. 
how they fasted and they made sure that the animals didn't eat. Jesus says some things don't change, but by what? Fasting and praying. But we can't stop eating. Now we got to have checks Mix, Reese Cups, Now, Later. You know what I'm saying? Anything with sugar in it. Anything with that sugary dope in it. That's what we can. Some people can't stop drinking, smoking. Oh no, this wouldn't have been us on the boat. <laughs> While Paul was speaking, you hear like rappers going. <laughs> You'll hear cans of Pepsi popping over. Sorry about that, Paul. Go on, keep talking, baby. <laughs> While we get turned up. Snickers, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm angry. I got a Snickers bar. <laughs> All this stuff is good. Look, we're the only one making noise on the ship. Everybody else quiet. They ain't eating. We over there eating big. Got goldfish. You know all the little stuff we like to eat. <laughs> he said, you better eat, y'all. Because we've been fasting and the Lord has heard us. Now's the time. We wanna eat. He says, wherefore, I pray you to take meat, for this is for your health. For there shall not a hair fall from the head of any of you. Paul became the captain of the boat. I don't care where you're working at. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Liberty. I know you don't believe Paul, and I know you don't believe me. But wait till everything, wait till they say when the stuff hits the fan. And you've been telling them the whole time that you better, you better trust in God. All of a sudden, they're going to start coming. Can you, can you uh, pray for mama? Oh, I thought you didn't believe in God. Uh, can you pray for my daughter? They uh, uh, locked it. Oh, I thought you was uh, an alien, like you enjoyed aliens and stuff. You know, some people worship aliens. <laughs> I know y'all laugh. This is real talk. You go to school with people. I believe in aliens. You talking about the illegal aliens coming over? No, I'm talking about the ones from out of space. But when somebody starts dying in their family, all of a sudden, here they are on your phone. All of a sudden, they, they, they coming down your wing. They at your desk. They at your phone. Because death is a reality check. And I'm telling you, people that don't like me call and say, you know, I don't like you, but could you pray for mama? Sure, I could pray for your mama. It's going to be a short prayer, though. You know what I'm saying? It ain't going to be the long one I did for my mom. <laughs> it's going to be a short one. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know how we are. We got to have the last word in there. You know what I'm saying? Can you pray? Yeah, I'll pray for you. Uh, what was the name again? Can you write it down? I, I can remember it. I'll pray. I think if I remember the night, I'll pray for him. <laughs> That's how it be. Y'all know how we are. <laughs> I don't need to write it down. I'll remember your mama's name, Hater. You know? <laughs> and when Paul had thus spoken, he took bread. Paul breaking bread. You know that? Unleavened bread. Paul think he had Passover. He breaking bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of the whole ship. He like Daniel now, coming out the lion's den. Now, all of a sudden, everybody want to know who your God is. Now, he breaking bread now. And when he had broken, he began to eat. Then were they all of good cheer. They all got happy then. Now, the joy of the Lord done hit the, same, the whole ship now. Everybody got joy now. Everybody singing hymns. They ain't got no more Biggie on. Remember, they started off with Biggie and Tupac. Now, they got Fred Hammond and Tasha Cobbs on. Won't he do it? <laughs> Won't he do it? <laughs> they were all of good cheer. They all took some meat. They all started eating. All right. They weren't, they weren't eating any sugar. They were just eating bread. <laughs> Good old unleavened bread. <laughs> and we were all in the ship. 276 souls. 
two listen, Paul was a prisoner on a boat. And he became the captain of 276 souls. Maybe not physically, but spiritually, Paul has now become the leader at that job. The leader in that family. The leader on that block. The lady that was praying all the time when everybody was out there slinging dope. Now they all go into her house to get a word from Miss Mary. You hear what I'm saying? It'll happen the same way where you live, where you work. In your family, it will happen. And when they had eaten enough, they lightened the ship and cast out the wheat into the sea. That's it. That's it. That's when you, when you, when you let it all go. When you throw everything out and say, you know what? It's just me and God from here. Paul said, man, listen, lighten the load up. Remember we were talking about having burdens in our life? Mm-hmm. The burdens rode away. It's over. Now you're riding with the Holy Spirit. You ain't thinking about nothing. You ain't worried about that crazy relationship. You ain't worried about your credit score. <laughs> you ain't worried about the paycheck on Friday. You ain't worried about nothing. You're riding with Jesus. It's on and popping. Paul, he just started letting stuff go. You want that? Hey, go ahead and take that. I ain't holding on to that. You ain't worried about it. It's over and done. But verse 39 says, and when it was day, they knew not the land. Remember, Paul prophesied to him. I don't know what the land is going to be, but now they're testifying to you. Yo, we see land, but we don't know. We don't know what land it is. And there's going to come a time when you set sail with your Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit is in your life and you let go and you stop worrying about relationships, you stop worrying about people, places and things. And all of a sudden you realize that it's in him that we live and move and have our being. You ain't worried about that. It would be nice, but you know what? I really don't need it now. It sure would be nice. But you know what? I really don't need that where I'm at in my life right now. If the Lord does it, cool. If he does it, I can do the rest of this race by myself. They knew not the land. You ain't never been in a spiritual place like this in your life before where you said it is well with my soul because most of our life it wasn't well. And we were out here trying to fix it. But the scripture says that he's the potter and we're the clay But the most of our life, we've been the potter and the Lord has been the clay. We've been trying to make him and what we need him to be. But now you and I have let it go and we decided to be clay. We decided to stand still and let God mold us into what he wants us to be. And regardless of what we see and regardless of what we hear and regardless of what we feel, we ain't going to be moved. Because just like he promised Paul, ain't nobody going to take your life. It didn't say that Paul wasn't going to get his behind whooped a couple of times. It didn't say that you and I weren't going to cry a couple of times. But we're going to stand still and what? Know that he is God. But they discovered a certain creek within a shore into the which they were minded if it were possible to thrust in the ship. All of a sudden they could see. I don't know where we at. But that looks like a good place to lodge at right there. And when they had taken up the anchors, they they committed unto the sea. That means that let the sea take us where it goes and loose the rudder bands and hoisted up the mainsail to the wind and made toward the shore and falling into a place where two seas met. They ran the ship aground and the forepart struck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken with the violence of the way they lost the ship. And the soldiers' counsel was to kill the prisoners lest any of them should swim out and escape. But listen to this. 
you got a centurion and then you got soldiers. Now the soldiers, once they hit land and realize that they were okay, they're going back to be who they are. Once your so-called friends and your families and your co-workers are now safe, everybody healed and all that, they're going to go back to being haters again. The soldiers went back to being who they are. They said, man, we need to kill these prisoners. But the centurion, you know what? Through all of this, listening to Paul, he says, I can't kill this man. I can't kill this woman of God. I can't do it. People become, you, you become very, very valuable to the people that are around you. There's something about you. They know it's not you, but they start to believe in the God in you. And the centurion starts to believe in the God in Paul. And even though the soldiers are like, yo, man, let's kill these dudes unless they flee. The centurion is like, no. Willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they, uh, which could swim, cast themselves into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. God made Paul in charge of a ship, even though he was in chains. That's crazy how physically you and I could be in chains. How physically sometimes you and I could still be struggling in our own life. But yet the Lord, through us, takes charge over a ship, takes charge over a situation. How all of a sudden people will come ask you for your wisdom, for your knowledge and understanding. And the only wisdom and knowledge and understanding you can give them is the wisdom and knowledge that comes from the word of God that you've been studying your whole life. You may not be living at 100%. But if somebody came and started talking to you about somebody's mother and father, I bet you'd come out your mouth. Well, you know, I can't do that. I got to honor my father and mother. Because it's written that the word of God is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Yeah, but your mama's on that dope. Yeah, but still the Bible says that, for, hey, that ain't for me to be coming at my mama's throat like that. That ain't for me to be stabbing my mother in the back. That's not what the word says. The word tells me to honor my father and mother that I may live long. That I may have a life. That's what the word, the word that, that word to honor thy father and mother is for the child, not the parents. If you're a child in here and the word says to honor your father and mother, speak well of your mother and father. I know my dad and mom been through some things, but that's my dad and mom and they deserve my respect. Now you do what you want to do with your parents, but you know what? I'm going to honor my father and mother regardless of whether that, because how do I know that God won't work through me honoring my father and mother? How do I know that my parents aren't going to look and see in the midst of their mess and see that my child still has respect for me? My child is going to church. My child is calling on the name of the Lord. My child is praying. How do I know that that's not my parents aren't listening to me pray and they're beginning to pray and they're beginning to break in their heart and next thing they do, they say, baby, mom, where are you going? I'm going to church with you. Where are you going, dad? I'm going to church with you. Because I heard your prayers from me. I see the respect you have for me. And I don't even have no respect for myself. And how even a child in the midst of them honoring God, God will make them the head of the family. How does that happen? When the other boys didn't want to honor Jacob, Joseph honored his father. He said, Dad, I had some dreams. His dad knew because dad had some dreams too. He said, you know what? Y'all going to bow down to me. But how can that happen when he thought Joseph was dead? Joseph came back to life. And I tell you right now, Jacob, 
or Israel bowed down to his son. His son, that son became second in command over Egypt. And listen, he is the Lord our God. He changes not. And I know you and I have been through some things, but we're on the same journey as Paul. We have to learn to be still. Stop trying to fix it with our mouth. Stop trying to fix it with these hands. Stop trying to fix it with our attitude, with our hate, and with our unforgiveness. And we need to stand still and listen, his word is always a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And we just have to, we have to do what the Lord tells us to do. And watch his salvation. To know that he is God. It says the name of the Lord is what? A strong tower. And the righteous run in. And they are safe. And I know it's hard sometimes in the midst of of the storm to see it, but Paul was strong enough in the midst of the storm to begin to declare to them what the word of the Lord said. This is what the Lord told me. The captain of the ship said, well, this is what I know. And Paul says, well, I don't, I've never been a ship's captain, but I know one thing. I, I know the Lord. And there's an angel that's with me. And if you listen, ain't nobody's life going to be lost. Because whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be what? <laughs> Period. End of story. That's what the book says. So I don't know nothing about being a sailor or nothing like that. I just know about calling upon the name of the Lord. I don't know about being a manager or an executive or having my own business. I just know about calling upon the name of the Lord. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nurse. I'm not none of that. Matter of fact, I didn't even graduate, but I know about calling upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and the story stand still and know that he is God. And we stand upon the principles of God. Not on what we see. Not on what we feel. Don't be tossed to and fro with your emotions. Don't be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine. Stand still and know that he is God. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's all I got for you. Anybody else got anything on their heart? Y'all good? Amen. There's only 38 minutes.